Hi, everyone. I'm taking a break from releasing a new podcast interview episode to talk to you a little bit about a couple important upcoming events that I'm doing. So the first one that I want to talk to you about is my Exiting the New Age presentation that I'm doing on Monday, February 27th, so just five days from when this podcast is coming out. Now, I'm really proud of this presentation. I've been working on it for a couple weeks, and it's been a very, I guess I'd say, emotional experience because in this presentation, I'm actually taking apart 20 years, in some cases 30 years, of things that I believed to look at them for what they are and see them for, frankly, I'm sorry to say, the deception that they are. And I'm saying sorry about that because I understand that people get very attached to their beliefs, and I understand that the New Age is an entire worldview and a world that people live within and live quite comfortably within. There are certain aspects of reality that it challenges and certain aspects of reality that it leaves unchallenged. But in general, the New Age itself positions itself as being unchallengeable, meaning no one inside ever really asks questions. And so I say I'm sorry to call it a deception because what I'm doing a little bit is poking at that membrane and saying, there's more going on in there than you recognize. Now, I'm doing that compassionately because these were things that I believed for a very long time. So there's no enmity in any of this. There's no judgment. But the reality is the New Age is a giant multi-generational deception. I don't really know how else to say it other than that. And many of the books that have talked about this are older. Generally, they're not written by people with a broad range of experience from within the New Age. Maybe they understand it from having talked to many people within it, or they understand it conceptually from the outside. But it's very, very different when you look from the inside. So in this podcast episode, I want to talk about the presentation, what's going to be in it, the intention behind it, and how I envision the night is going to go next Monday for those of you who maybe want to attend or those of you who know somebody who's stuck in the new age and struggling and looking for a way out. So you understand my intention with putting together this presentation I'm going to disassemble the New Age with its own words and its own images and show it for what it is. Now, that's not easy to do because the New Age is so many things, but it can actually be done. And so as I've continued working on this presentation, which has become much more involved and much deeper than I expected, what I've discovered is that the pieces can actually be pulled apart with the right language and, of course, the right images as well. So that's the intention of the whole thing, is to disassemble it, lay it all on the ground for you to look at it, and then compare it alongside another faith tradition, which we'll talk about. So let me go over the outline of the presentation real quick. It's going to take place in seven parts. Part one is going to be about me and my background. So that will include primarily photographs of the 30 plus countries around the world that I've been to and all of the holy sites as well as a list of all the New Age practices I've done. So there will be photos here that I've never been shown to the public before, and there will be a list of practices that I've done that will hopefully give viewers some insight that even if I haven't done your specific New Age practice, I probably am familiar with the parallel practice having done it myself. And because I've gotten this question in my DMs, during the presentation, I won't go over any specific practices but we'll be able to handle that in the Q&A. 
I'm going to give a broad overview of what's going on, and then we can pull out particular themes, which is the purpose of the Q&A, but let me not get ahead of myself. So part one is going to be all about me and my background, sort of making the case that I, I kind of know what I'm talking about, and this isn't theoretical for me. Part two will be elements of the New Age religion. Now, most people within the New Age aren't really used to thinking of it as a religion, but it, it really is a religion. It is a religious tradition, a loose religious tradition, but it is a religious tradition. And I'm sure if you're in the New Age, you're probably bristling at the notion that it's a religion because part of the appeal of it is that it's not actually a religion. I'm spiritual, but not religious. Well, I'm sorry to tell you that you're actually religious, and I will prove that during part two of the presentation. Part three is what I call an orgy of isms. And I'm not even being shy about this. This will be a gigantic list of isms that inform New Age philosophy. Often, many of these are never stated outright. They're just kind of ingredients bubbling in the stew of the New Age world. There are themes woven through it. There are ideas that everyone just kind of lives within, but they can't really separate them from each other and see what's actually going on. So the reason why the New Age is able to continue as a religion is that A, people don't see it that way, and B, people can actually pull apart the particular ideologies that are all kind of glued together to form this mishmash of a thing. Now, it can actually be done. I'm going to do that, and I'm pretty excited and, frankly, a little scared by what I've discovered, particularly in the orgy of isms, because there are some unstated ideas that everyone lives within that once you actually state them out loud and observe them for what they are, not only do they become nonsensical, but they become kind of frightening in their implications. Part four, I call a secret history of the New Age. Now, why is the New Age so fuzzy? Why is it pretending not to be a religion, but it is? And what's up with all these isms? Well, what I think is actually going on there is the New Age doesn't want people actually asking questions about it for very specific reasons. Because if you go back to the founding of the New Age, the people who actually began some of the themes that set the process in motion, these are not people that hold up to scrutiny in any regard. And they're pretty open and straightforward about what they were trying to do with it in a shocking kind of way, actually. So in part four, A Secret History of the New Age, I'm going to talk about who some of these early founders were, what they believed, and what they actually wanted to accomplish. And some of these quotes are genuinely shocking. Genuinely shocking. You're going to hear names perhaps that you've heard within the New Age, but you didn't actually hear what they really believed. One guy in particular, and uh, it's pretty striking. I'm not excited to share this material uh, because it's very challenging stuff, but I think it's very important to know that, yes, the New Age is a religion. Yes, there are philosophies that inform it. Yes, there were individuals who started it, and those individuals are not good, and people need to know that. So that'll be part four, A Secret History of the New Age. Part five will be New Age Theology in Practice. Now, what do I mean by that? Again, the New Age is a religion, and as a religion, it has a theology. It pretends that it doesn't, but in fact, it actually does. And to my knowledge, I'm the only person claiming that, and I will back up that claim during this presentation. I will make very clear what the New Age theology is, how it plays out in practice, and what the actual impact of it is to men, women, relationships, and families. As I said on Instagram, I will lay out exactly why the New Age makes men weak and women narcissistic. It will be plain as day. I have never talked about this anywhere else. It's actually a little scary once you see it, but it has to be shared. 
And again, I'm happy to debate all of this, but I think once people see it and they check it out with how they feel in their bodies, it'll make sense. Something that's been going on behind the scenes, theologically, ideologically, the whole time, and that they've never known. And when you see it, you will have to make a choice because part six will be the Christian story in contrast. So by this point in the presentation, you will have seen all the elements of the religion, all the philosophies that inform it, all the individuals who created it, as well as the theology of it and how it plays out in practice. And it will be a very clear case of what this is and what it stands in direct contrast to, undeniable contrast in a way that there will be no middle ground. It will be black or white. Now, I know that probably sounds like a really big claim, but I can support it. And I wouldn't be saying it if I couldn't. This is why this presentation is so important. This is why I've put so much time and energy into it, because no one really understands what the New Age is. They can kind of see what it does, or they can see different manifestations of it in ayahuasca or crystals or astrology. And the only way the New Age has survived as long as it has is by apparently being a non-thing. False. The New Age is very much a thing. And I will show you what that thing is and why it was designed in the founder's own words and how it all plays out in practice and what the alternative is. Because there is only one alternative, it's Christianity. The New Age is not the mirror image of Christianity, nor is it the inversion of Christianity. The New Age is the exact opposite of Christianity. There's really no other way I can describe it other than that. I have to show it to you. And by part five, once I've laid out what this thing is and shown what the alternative is, the choice will be clear. My intention is that no one walks out of this with any misunderstanding about what the choice is and whether or not they have to make it. But also, I hope in drawing that line, I make a case for Christianity as offering all the things that the New Age promises and doesn't deliver. My intention is that this be healing. When I say exiting the New Age, I really hope for this to be a bridge. I would like to open the door to allow people to exit a world that they're told they have to stay in. And that's why I call the New Age a cult, because the surest sign of a cult is when you get punished for leaving. And frankly, people get punished for leaving the New Age. That proves to me that it's a cult. In fact, there are many podcasts out right now openly attacking all these people who are going New Age to Christ, calling them order followers, claims like that. One of the biggest New Age podcasts actually started doing that, one that I was on. I won't name any names, but I was on this podcast in 2021. It's hosted by a friend of mine. He and I had known each other for 10 years. He did a giant episode about the whole New Age to Christ thing, and it was just one hour of false claims, exaggerations, and accusations. So really, Christianity is over the target. But I think that Christianity has a hard time arguing with the New Age because in general, it doesn't quite understand it. On the other hand, I understand it. I understand the two alternatives. And again, what I hope to do for people is lay them out so that you can make an informed decision. And once again, I want to reiterate, there's no judgment with any of this. It won't be you are a bad person for believing this, because as I will show, I have believed all of this stuff and more. I feel very lucky and very blessed to have made it out, and I hope to shine the way for others, and that is very much the intention. Now, if you know me, if you've listened to me before, you'll hear me get fired up. There are things that I get fired up about, and there are some ideas that I've discovered buried within the New Age 
that I'm quite frankly very angry about because they're very, very dark ideas that I think everyone in that world, including me, kind of took for granted. But when you take them apart and have them next to each other and look at them in isolation, the ideas are very upsetting, as well as some of the quotes from some of the early founders of it and some of the thought leaders, I guess you might say, who helped propagate it. And that's why in closing, the final piece, part seven, will be a question and answer period where I will stay on the call as long as it takes to answer every question. If it takes all night, it takes all night. I want to make myself available to people who have questions from someone who has been inside it and who can speak to their practices, to their beliefs, to their friends, to their griefs, to their curiosity, to their fears from a man who's walked that journey for many, many years and can speak to individual aspects of their experience, perhaps better than a Christian minister or a pastor. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with any of those guys, and they may even do a far better job than me. But it would take a very specific person to speak to experiences that people who are raised in the Christian church perhaps can't understand. There are just things about having been in that world that you just had to be there. So I hope that by being a man who has, in fact, been there, I can say to everyone listening, I understand. And here's what I have to say in response. Not only do I understand, but I probably believed that too. I probably believed more than that. And here's what I have to say in response. And here's the lie. And here's the truth. And it's okay to have believed the lie. It's completely okay. So many people go into this world with the best of intentions, not out of any conscious form of rebellion but because it seems appealing and mystical and experiential and fun. And what people don't realize, though, is you go wandering into this world with a bright open door and you end up in a swamp. And I will show very clearly what that swamp is. And so that's the idea of the first six parts of the presentation. And for anything left unanswered, that'll be part seven. And again, I will stay on the call as long as it takes to answer every question, or at least until I run out of gas and can't speak articulately anymore, which takes a while. So once again, let's go over the outline of the presentation. Part one will be about me and my background. Part two will be elements of the New Age religion. Part three will be what I call an orgy of isms, the many philosophies that inform the New Age worldview. Part four will be a secret history of the New Age about the founders of the New Age and some of the things that they believed. Part five will be New Age theology in practice, which will be an exploration of what the New Age theology is and how it plays out in real life. Part six will be the Christian story in contrast. And then part seven will be a Q&A to answer all of your questions in depth at whatever depth that you'd like to go to. So if this sounds appealing to you, there's a link in the description of this podcast to go to Eventbrite and pick up a ticket. Enter the code PODCAST for 15% off. I'm not exactly sure how long the presentation is going to take. It might take an hour, it might take 90 minutes or so, but definitely on the back end, there'll be plenty of time for questions. And there's going to be a lot of information, of course, in the presentation. I really wanted to be as thorough as possible so that I was clear that I wasn't leaving anything out, that I was really touching all the bases to the best of my ability. So again, hit the link in the description to find out more pick up a ticket and enter the code podcast for 15% off. And the presentation will be Monday, February 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific. Everyone who purchases a ticket will get free access to the recording 
uh, which will probably go up on Gumroad or some website like that. So while I'd love for you to be there in person, especially for the opportunity to ask questions, it will be available to watch later if you're on the other side of the world and you're sleeping or whatever. And of course, also, I want to make this information available to others. My hope is that it'll be something that you can share with your friends to help them see what it is that they're involved in. So that's the first event that I wanted to share with you. The second event I wanted to share with you is the first ever Renaissance of Men Men's Retreat. And that'll be taking place the first weekend of April here in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, I know that's a little bit short notice, but hopefully it's not too short notice. So what's going to be happening on this weekend? Well, this is something that I put together for my men's group, The Forum, which has been meeting every other week for about a year. I put this retreat together for those men, but some of them can't make it, which means that there are spaces available to the public, but not too many of them just two or three spaces total. So let me go over a little bit some of the things that are going to take place on the retreat and some of the details about it. First of all, I've rented a luxury Airbnb here on the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona. It's a big house with a pool, outdoor fire pit, and much more. It's right by a mountainside park, so expect some outdoor activities. And also, it's in a pretty popular area of town. If you watch the Super Bowl, it's not too far from there. And also, I've hired a trained chef to prepare all the food for the weekend. That part I'm particularly excited about because you can often go on retreats like this and men will have to prepare their own food. Nuh-uh, that's not how we do things with the Renaissance of men. So, so far, we've got luxury Airbnb with individual beds, no bunk beds, swimming pool, outdoor fireplace, mountainside park, all food included, spirits, and cigars. I'm also putting together a 48-hour program of activities to do that are going to be expressions of my values in the Renaissance of Men. Some of my values include men's communities, meaningful conversations, sincere friendships, and also inner self-work, because that's the world that I come from. And that was my introduction to the world of masculinity, being able to go within to discover the things inside myself that made me a man, and then take them outwards in expression into the outer world. Because it's not enough to just do the outer work as a man. Of course, that's very, very important. But if we neglect our inner realities, that can cause major problems for us throughout our lives. Now, on the other hand, if we only pay attention to our inner realities and we don't put those things into action, we're missing out on a load of potential that we've just activated within ourselves that we're doing nothing with. So being men today, I believe, requires us to go within, to discover our unique virtues, and then work to put them into practice. Regarding the inner work part, I'm very excited that my mentor, Glenn, is coming out for the weekend. He has personally initiated thousands of men as part of a nationwide men's organization. And if you admire me from my wisdom and perspective, Glenn is the guy who trains me. So this is a really unique opportunity to meet a man who knows more about men's hearts than I can possibly explain. He's also pretty fit too. He tells me about some of his trips to the gym. So if you ever happen to see a ripped 70-year-old man looking at you and wondering why you're sitting on your phone on the machines or the bench, that might be him. So that's Glenn. So he'll be joining us for the entire weekend, leading conversations, leading processes, and generally being there for the men to be able to have conversations with him. So we have a swimming pool, we've got food prepared, we've got Glenn, deep conversations, spirits, cigars, and an entire weekend 
worth of activities. Now, because this is a tight-knit group of men who all know each other and are familiar with each other, I want to make sure that I get the right people to come out to this event. So if you're interested, please email me at info at and put the subject line retreat, and we'll set up a call to talk to find out more about you and to get a sense if there's a fit. Now, as with everything, I put a lot of thought, care, energy, and intention into this retreat, and I'm excited about the men who are coming. I'm excited about the chef. I'm excited about Glenn, and I'm excited to be able to offer it to you. Once again, if this sounds interesting to you, the retreat will be held the first weekend of April here in Phoenix, Arizona. It'll begin on Friday, March 31st, and finish on Monday, April 3rd. But if you have to leave on Sunday, April 2nd, that's fine too. If all of this sounds good, please email me at info at with the subject line retreat, and we'll set up a quick call to see if there's a fit. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Will's Notes. I hope to see you at my Exiting the New Age seminar this coming Monday, and also at my men's retreat at the start of April. episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.